Hello and welcome to the In My Defense podcast. Welcome to the very first episode, in fact. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, My name is Christian. I am your host. This is a show where we give you a healthy dose of info dumping about all kinds of subjects, everything from movies, film, TV, sports, basically any subject that you can imagine. We're probably going to do an episode about it eventually. And for this episode, for this very first one, I have a very special guest, one of my very good friends, Allison. Allison is here to talk about voting, and I think there is nothing more important to talk about in these times. Now, if you're listening to this episode when it originally comes out, you know that we are in the midst of primary elections all across the country. So I don't think that there is a better time to talk about the importance of voting, especially by someone who is as passionate and knowledgeable about voting as Allison. When you guys get into this, I hope that you see exactly how important voting is by the end of it, why you should go out there and vote, why you should try to encourage other people to vote, and if you're able to, help other people get their votes out there as well. I'm hoping that by the end of this, you will see why voting is so important and why you should go out there and vote too. Maybe not necessarily go out there with the times that we are living in right now, but if you are able to vote by mail, absentee, do whatever you can to get your vote and make sure that your voice is heard and encourage other people to do the same. Now, I don't want to waste too much of your time. Allison is legitimately one of the smartest people I know. So if anybody can convince you as to why voting is so important, it's going to be her. Let's get right into it. So, I am here with Allison McCoyne, one of my very good friends, and we are here to talk about voting. Yay, the process, voting! Yay, the process. Say hi, say hi to everybody for me, Allison. Hey, guys. Now, just for fun, I looked up what the definition of vote means. <laughs> and there's quite a few. It's to give or register a vote, to uh, cause someone to gain a, a, or lose a particular post or honor by means of a vote. And, you know, it's used to express a wish to follow a particular course of action. Uh, for anybody that may not be familiar with what voting is, I, if not, I feel sorry for you, If or, or, or shame on you, one of those, if you don't know what a vote is. Like, I would say shame on you, because if you live, like, in an English-speaking country, you should know what voting is, I think. I think most places Britain conquered have some form of voting at this point, right? At the very least, is to decide who in the tribe has to clean up the trash after. Yeah, the there's there's always something. Uh, so why are we talking about this? Why why out of if I, I'm giving I, I'm giving everybody I bring on here free reign to talk about whatever they mm-hmm. want? Why'd you choose voting over everything else? I chose voting because um, well, a we're in an election year right now. Um, a bigger election year because, um, you know, we have the midterms and then we have the presidentials and this is the presidential. So there's everything is on the ballot. Um, and then also this is just one of the the easiest ways, I think, to affect your community, um, especially in terms of local stuff. I have heard time and time again that um, people don't trust Washington and like, why should I vote for these people? They don't care about me, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, well, you still need to vote because there's stuff like city commission and school board and sheriff, judges. Like these are things that affect your community like right now. Um, And so if you're not participating, you're pretty much just letting other people make all your decisions. 
Um, so that's why I really like it because it's really important <laughs> for like democracy and stuff. <laughs> and, and and so are you out, are you out there whenever you can? Because I know I know here in America in particular, they don't make voting the easiest thing in the world. No, they don't. Um, it depends, actually, though, on what state you live in. So we live in Florida, which means that um, you have to register to vote. You do not automatically get registered. Um, and you have to fill out something and then have it be turned back into you and have all the information correct, whatever. But there are actually states that um, you're automatically registered to vote just if you're eligible. Like, because when you go to register, um, the state has to double check all of that information, which means they have access to it. And if they have access to the fact that I am indeed a resident of this state, a citizen of the U.S., um, you know, taxpaying, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I should just be automatically registered. I shouldn't have to go through eight extra hoops. Yeah, so like when when, uh, when there are those people who who see voting as a way to just provide even more information for the government on you, it's basically a myth. At this oh, point it's because, a com- yeah, it's a complete myth because they already have that information. The only information you might be giving them that here, I have a voter registration form in front of me because I'm a nerd and I go places with them sometimes. The only thing I think that they wouldn't already have from you is maybe your email and that's an optional box you can fill out um your party affiliation that is also public record um so that would be something they would find out from you or if you need assistance voting or are interested in becoming a poll member that's the only new information from this form that they would find out from you yeah exactly so like so like you're you're already up for jury duty if it means it like registering to vote doesn't like make you a candidate for for uh, becoming becoming uh, part of a jury if you get summoned. Um, one of the, one of the things that I learned a few years ago that was actually really convincing about how important voting is is that it's not really about winning or losing when it comes to voting. It's just about making sh- making sure that your voice is considered in future elections. Yes. Oh. Uh, Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, I have worked with different organizations doing like, um, get out the vote campaigning where, um, we went like door to door knocking and being like, Hey, are you like, make sure you turn in your ballot, yada, yada, yada. And, um, some of the people that you end up like targeting are people that have voted in the past, but not consistently because that's a really hard, like, I don't know. It's it's it gets really weird when people just a lot of people just don't vote in every election, <laughs> and then they complain when things don't go right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Me personally, it took me a while to realize how important it might be. Like I, uh, you, like when I was a kid, you know, I grew up on George Carlin, and you know, I lived through the two thousand election, which was and here in Florida, which was already a clusterfuck on its own. And then uh, you have like people that I looked up to saying things like. Hey, if if I don't vote, then I'm, I have a right to complain. You don't have a right to complain if you actually do vote, which was which I think is like the devil's advocate portion of it, where people. Wait, wait, wait. All right, so, so 
there's there's an old bit by George Carlin. Okay. That he uh, that he did. It was uh, I think it was either before or just after the 2000 election, and 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 you, you know like uh, this was this was him like late 90s or 2000s where he was really starting to get into that groove of being more um, pessimistic than anything. Uh-huh. And so and so the idea was like people would say to him, oh, well, yeah, if you don't if you don't vote, then you have no right to complain. You don't show up on voting day. You have no right to complain about who gets elected. And it's like, why? I didn't vote. I didn't even leave the house that day. And and so I, I, I have no responsibility for the person who is on who who you voted in and end up complaining about. You voted for the guy. You don't, you don't have a right to complain about the guy that ends up in office. Oh, I see. So he's just a jackass. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around. I know they say they say, well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote and you elect dishonest, incompetent people and they get into office and screw everything up, well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the House on Election Day, I'm in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. Um. Yeah, it does not. It's one of those. It's uh, I love George Conner, but it's one of those things that doesn't hold up so well, especially 20 years later. No, no, it didn't hold up the day he said it, um, <laughs> to be honest here. The problem I have with that is um, if you look at elections like the reason a lot of really unpopular candidates have won is because more people stayed at home than went out to vote. Um, If you look at even in the state of Florida, Trump won by less votes than there were people um, registered to vote that just didn't. Like registered as Democrats that just decided not to show up that day. Like that's literally why people have won elections is just apathy. Yeah. And, um, and, and even that, like, and that was in Florida, but then across the country, Trump did lose the popular vote, but yeah. because of the way, because of the way the electoral college works, if, if the people who make the official votes for the electoral college see it going a certain way and is too close to tell, it basically becomes a 50, 50 chance about who ends up getting elected. Yeah, the the electoral college is very very frustrating. It's it's a really outdated form of voting. Um, it has some racist history to it that we don't need to like fully get into because I didn't do enough homework myself before this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really big problem, and it's part of the reason that when I've gone out and done um, voter registration drives and stuff like that, it's one of the big reasons people don't feel like they should vote or why their vote matters, because they're like, who fucking cares? Like, Hillary got more votes, but, you know, she didn't win, which is where I just had to be like, okay, like, I get it. It fucking sucks. We can't change that right now, but you can at least vote for the person you hate the least and or, again, fuck Washington, vote for your local stuff. And if you don't like partisan politics, there's still people you can vote for that are nonpartisan. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you're absolutely right. And then when it comes to the way the system works, as as troublesome as it is, if more people had shown up to vote, like Trump lost the popular vote, 
and less than a quarter of the population of the country even showed up to vote that day anyways exactly but so if it be if it was a lot more clearer as to what the people wanted by voting then he then the electoral college would have had to let hillary into office it would have they would have it would have had to swing her way because it would have been much more clear that that was the way the country was thinking and even if she did even if she you know she did lose and even because she lost that doesn't mean that any of the votes that went in don't matter because politicians are looking at those numbers are looking at who shows up to vote and they're already planning for the next election they're already trying to see okay these are the people who actually show up to the ballot yeah so the so these are the people that we have to uh, consider when we're make, when we're trying to pass policies, get policies through, and there, these are all, these are the people that we have to care about. Yeah, there is a reason that there is so much advertising done to senior citizens citizens every election cycle, and it's because they are consistent voters. So politicians are more likely to pander, like you know, we're not going to cut your social security, fixed income nonsense, blah 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 blah. Because these are individuals that are actually going to vote. Um, I know I've heard a lot of people get really frustrated, like, oh, politicians, like, don't come into these areas to, like, do whatever. And And on the one hand, yes, you're completely right. If someone represents you, they should care about what you have to say because that's their entire job. However, I can also understand from a strategy point of view why those same teams might not feel the need to spend their resources coming to a community that typically doesn't vote at all. Like, yeah, I think we're, we're in a place, we're in a place where it would be lovely if politicians use their positions to really take care of as many people as possible. Yes. Unfortunately, right now, they don't all do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right now you'll see like a handful, a good handful of them will be, this, they're just trying to keep their jobs. Yes. Being a politician pays a lot of money, gets a lot. It comes with a lot of benefits, and you're pretty much set for life. So you want to keep that job as long as you can. So you you want to make sure you adhere to the people who are actually going to support you in in keeping that position. Yes, exactly, exactly. So like that type of politician, I do not like. Um, I I try not to support if I can help it, but. Um, at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to be pragmatic about it. Um, I will be voting for Joe Biden. Yeah. Was he my first pick? No. Was he your second pick by any chance? No. <laughs> but I'm being pragmatic about it and being like, okay, well, <laughs> got to pick somebody because if I choose to to not go into the polls that day and vote, and a bunch of other people vote for Trump, then like, I literally just let that happen again. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And one of the things I'm really trying to get across, at least like the thing that made that really made important seem really voting seem really important to me, was that yes, we have we have to be pragmatic about about this upcoming election. But then it's not then it's not just about this particular election. It's about the next one. It's yes. about the next one because now if. If a, if a bunch of people who didn't vote before come through and vote this time, people are going to look at those numbers. Okay, all right, we have a lot more young people voting. We have a lot more people of color voting. Uh, these are the people that we have to listen to the next time the next election comes around because if we don't, we're not going to have a job in two, four years. 
Exactly, exactly. Especially because like, um, you know, there are a lot more young people getting involved in stuff, especially um, Gen Z, bless their heart. They have just had it rough. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're coming to the realization that, you know, they have to fix it. Otherwise, nothing's going to get done. And I think it's going to be really interesting because, you know, a lot of these kids that, you know, two or even four years ago weren't eligible to vote now are. And that could really sway the demographics, um, at least from what I've been seeing just you know, casually <laughs> talking and interacting with the world. Um, I have not done any surveys myself. Don't want to <laughs> be accidentally spreading false information. This is anecdotal well, evidence. Um, well, even, even that has to mean something, right? Because I don't think when I was that age, voting was ever a thing that ever seemed that important or seemed or seemed cool. Like I remember the rock the vote campaign, but it was, it was, it always felt kind of like, false to a certain degree having a bunch of like celebrities show up and make music videos talking about how cool voting is it's like hello fellow kids and all that kind of stuff now it's like now now you see young people show up and it's like no oh no the, the world is on fire yeah like literally <laughs> parts of the we, world are on fire <laughs> we, we can't we can't leave this to the old people anymore we can't wait it's not it's not it's not going to be a matter of time for we, we have to we can't just wait for the old people to die out no. and for and for people to start listening to us in 20 30 years no like we have to make sure that our voice is heard now so that change actually starts happening yeah yeah no it's it's totally right um it's great and one of one of the things we're really doing um the big push this year especially with the the coronavirus going on which by the way what I'm going to talk about is important all the time, but voting from home is a really big one that we're trying to do right now to push. Um, because that way, even if some shit happens, you can still vote. <laughs> um, cause if you look more recently in some of the primary elections in different States, um, voting locations have been closed down. There have been really long lines. Some people have were in line and then weren't, allowed to vote which i don't think is legal um whenever i've gone to vote in the past there's always been like if if the time goes up a voting official just goes to the end of the line and then just no one can go behind them um which is bullshit yeah well i mean like if it's like the polls close at six and at like 602 they go over like no one else can come because like you were supposed to that's also a different problem with how we vote in america um, I'm sorry. I want to talk about like 15 things right now. I just got like, this is, this is perfect. <laughs> I just got like a mind, a mind, whatever. Let me write them down. Okay. We're so. only, we're only, tw- we're only, we're only a third of the way in. We let's do this girl. No, I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm organizing my thoughts real quick so that I can get this done. And like, um, and it's, it's, it's another one of those things that shows you like how important, uh, this voting process actually is because, um, as much as some sides of the aisle might be talking about um, voter fraud and how a lot of people, it's are, non-existent. Yeah, it's, it's a non-existent. non-existent. Issue. The biggest, um, the biggest, the biggest problem we're facing right now is that not enough people are voting. Not yeah. that some, pe- not that some people are voting more than once. Well, it's it's because the people like I'm sorry, Republicans that are in power right now. A lot of the reasons they're in power is because 
a lot of people do not vote. If you look at most like national surveys for things, like most people are in favor of common sense gun control. Yet it doesn't end up getting passed because those same people that are in favor for it don't vote. (laughs) (laughs) And so then the candidates that get elected aren't necessarily the ones that you would agree with. Um, It's crazy how that works. Um, Anyways, so in terms of like the celebrity voting thing that we were just talking about, I completely agree with you. I never have liked the, um, the celebrity I could give two fucks about the world, like three and a half like years and then like for six months you're all like woohoo you better vote you better vote you better vote and then it goes right back to not giving a fuck anymore like i find that very um disingenuous because <laughs> ultimately we know that these that these problems aren't really affecting them whether it's the racial issues of today the coronavirus stuff this is not something that really affects anybody who lives in a different world than everybody else does Exactly. I mean, that can even just be shown by like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his hot tub going, why are you kids going to Florida? Just stay home. And it's like, well, dude, not everyone has like their own private hot tub that they can go in like that. Like some people have to go to the beach because that's the only way they can swim. I'm not trying to defend anyone for being stupid and going out during a quarantine, but I am going to say your little video without a touch, Arnie, it it didn't work. Um, And I, and I remember like seeing like Diddy show up and doing the rock the vote and yeah and no it yes yeah, it it, ne- it never felt it never felt true to me no however I do think that more currently like celebrities are being forced to be woke um, <laughs> not so much that they want to but that like enough of Gen Z is like the world is on fire you have to care about this uh, <laughs> that a lot more of them are at least now being like hey, I recognize my privilege and the fact that this isn't actually affecting me the same way it is others. Therefore, I think we should do something that can help everybody, not just me. Now, if you frame it like that, I'm more likely to listen to you because you sound like you actually thought about it for five seconds. And not that you took a paycheck from yeah. some company to sell to sell, to sell, <laughs> to sell voting for a little while. Yeah. And, um, and honestly, though, I think the biggest thing to getting people to vote is seeing other people in your community vote, Um, knowing other people that vote. I know I went, I went voting with my parents all the time when I was a kid. Um, Just because, you know, you you can't leave a two-year-old at home. You're not supposed to. So I'd get brought. (laughs) And so then when I turned 18, I A, knew exactly where I was supposed to go vote because I lived in the same house my whole life. And I... I knew to do it. I was very comfortable doing it. Um, And it was just like part of how I was raised. And that's what I've heard from a lot of other people as well. Um, When I'll go out and do register the vote campaigns, people will be like, I vote every year and I vote with my mom every year. And like my whole family votes and we're really into it. Thank you so much. Like blah, blah, blah. Um, And the people that don't vote tend to just live in families where they didn't vote as much. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know how we would fix that, but that's something that I've noticed. I've th- I thought about the idea of what can really attract people to um, voting more often when when they can. Is like you get you have to. Is it making it a party? 
Is it like it's like someone out there doing somebody a favor and just ordering a bunch of pizzas for people <laughs> waiting in line and and like the radio the local radio station showing up and playing music and like while everybody's waiting in line it's almost kind of like like making an air of atmosphere because I remember like the times that I've gone to vote um well because be, I've either had to show up super early to avoid missing hours at work or just like taking a day off entirely and then it's just, then it's just waiting in line until it's your turn well that's part of the problem um like there are other countries like in australia their election days are big party days um they all go to the poll and then they all barbecue and drink at home and it's great and they all put on their red white and blue australian gear and they get trashed but in america unfortunately we have our elections during business hours on a tuesday which completely disenfranchises a lot of voters because if you work an hourly job you may or may not be able to either take the hours off or miss work so that you can vote like you might be more worried about rent or food on the table or whatever else it is not only that but you know there's transportation issues for some people um in every florida is very fortunate because um we also double as God's waiting room. So you can register to vote from home very easily. <laughs> but not all states allow you to do that, which means if you have transportation issues or um, mobility issues yourself that maybe um, came up last minute before you could register to vote from home, um, you're then unable to vote because if you can't get there, you're just, you know, shit out of luck. Yeah. Um, and those are things that we need to change as a society. I know I've heard a lot of people advocate for like, you know, taking away Columbus Day and then making voting a national holiday. So just taking just taking everybody and like m making that an active effort just to get as many people to register as possible. Well, not even just to register like on Election Day, like that's, you know, first or second Tuesday of November when we all vote. If that was like a, a national holiday okay so we're just like trading one for the other yeah so you trade one for the other but this one would actually be like important and worthwhile <laughs> and not uh, celebrating a terrible person yeah and not still celebrating like a terrible rapey murdery evil guy uh, <laughs> but you know again these are things that you have to vote for people to change the rules <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not only voting for those rules to change but also voting for people who will actively work on changing those rules because the thing the, the, here's the thing though a lot of people who are in office right now are people who realize that if more people voted they would lose a job yes yes that's very true um which is why i also think that people really need to get involved on the local level if they're really annoyed with what's going on because that's how we get those senators and congressmen and presidential candidates is they generally started doing something local first. Like, you know, maybe they didn't like go like, you know, mayor, city commission, like maybe they didn't go through all the steps, but they were probably involved at some point on like the county or state level. And so if you can get involved in that stuff, you can actually make your voice heard. I've gone to a number of meetings and made <laughs> um, elected officials very uncomfortable <laughs> at my pointed <laughs> questions. But if you go, you 
they then a know that it's important to you and elected officials are the same as any other human being. They don't like being called out in public. They don't like not having an answer to something. So if you go to a meeting and you have a question and they don't have an answer, you'd bet your bottom that they're going to figure it out by the next one. Cause they don't want to be put in that spot again. They don't like exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, uh, embarrassment is the greatest way to change somebody's minds. Uh, that's why protests work. <laughs> <laughs> I've spoken with people that have protested at Was- in Washington before, and depending on what it is, sometimes um, senators and congresspeople, they'll send their aides out to like sometimes tell the protesters, like, hey, um, Representative <laughs> so-and-so is not for this bill. Like, we just need to let you know that, like, we're not for this. We're cool, okay? We're cool. We're with you. Wait, like, I, I, can't, I can't say it at work because my boss will get angry, but we're with you. Well, no, it's like their boss is sending them out to say it. They just aren't going to do it themselves because that's like... Yeah, so that's what the politician's trying to say. Because they, they, have, they, have they have to pretend they're with all their cronies and their friends. Not even necessarily that, but just like, hey, don't you know, smear our name with it, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> leave us out of this one. <laughs> and, and, but a, a lot of the time it, it becomes to a question of sympathy. I think a lot of people in office are like preying on a lack of sympathy that some people might have because uh, there's an idea that's growing now is that we have to take care. We can't just take care of ourselves. I think previous generations were taught and believed that, you have to look out for number one. You have to look out for you and yours and can't really care about what's happening across the street because it doesn't affect you. When in reality, what we're finding now, especially with the pandemic that is sweeping the nation, that we're only as good as the people who have it the worse off. Yeah, yeah. Um, My background is actually in public health, so I have been just hitting my head against the wall this entire time because that is a lot of... um, policy that comes out of public health is you have to make sure that the least among you can still be healthy because viruses don't care. I was explaining this to my dad one day because he was talking, he lives in Michigan and he was complaining that the governor shut down stuff. And I was like, dad, viruses don't care about your economy. They, they, they don't, they don't have brains. They can't. Um, they just want to reproduce and infect as many people as they can. Yeah, you know what will ultimately be worse for the economy is sick and dead people. Yeah, yeah, having having a third, having three percent of your population die. Um, whenever people go, oh, it's only three percent. I want to tell them like, okay, so the next time you go to the store, just pick out the people you want to die. Yeah, I just I put it on Twitter the other day. It's like if one to if one to three percent is an acceptable number to lose, give me a pair of shears and I will cut off one to three percent of your body part. We're just I'll pick a random part of your body and I'll cut off one to three percent and we'll figure out how you how you handle that. Yeah, no, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, and the thing I find very ridiculous from the entire thing is um, some states now wanting to restrict vote by mail. Which, I mean, come on. Like, we're literally in a pandemic. And and, and they use the excuse of voter fraud. And we know that isn't a thing. There have maybe been like a dozen cases in 30 years. 
I don't one, know the exact one of the most recent was a lady that voted for Trump twice and she got charged <laughs> like literally from the last election because um, she lived in a home. She had a home state address and then she had a college address and like she, she voted like a month separately like you know because at one point she filled out like a vote from home and then maybe went to the polls at a different time and like just slipped her mind you know it happens but then she got investigated and it wasn't even, like it's not a big deal um the funniest thing i find about a lot of the people that are really um hesitant about vote from home is that there's a number of states out west that have only done vote from home for a number of years. Um, Colorado being one of them. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I actually worked in Colorado for a few months, one year during an election cycle. So um, I'm very, very well versed in what they have. So Colorado does this really cool thing where they actually send every household a blue book about a month before the election. And this is a book. It has all of the candidates, I think names. I don't know if it has all of their stuff, but then it also has every single ballot initiative um, written out, what it means. It's, it's basically a cheat sheet for you so that you can figure out what all the things that are going to be on your ballot, you know, so you can do some homework. Um, and then I think it's, three or four weeks before the election, they start mailing out those ballots. I can't remember what day it is. Um, it's similar it's similar here because I've been registered to vote for a mail for a, a while now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in a lot of these Western states where people live so far apart, it makes no sense to make mandatory in-person voting. And so Colorado is one of the big ones that they've, only ever had vote by mail for at least like 10 or 15 years. I don't know their entire state's history. But if they're able to do that for multiple years in a row, I think the country can probably figure it out. And of course, nobody's talking about that because Colorado Colorado is a, is a lot of rural voters there that might vote that might end up voting a particular way that the people who are talking about voter fraud would prefer. It's the places where there's a lot of uh, there's high population, high people congregating in cities that they're talking about voter fraud because people people who tend to live in in mixed uh, in mixed populations tend to vote maybe uh, in a direction that's not that doesn't coincide with what uh, Republican or conservative views might go towards. Yeah, you just put um, Republicans are okay with white farmers voting from home and not okay with black city folk voting from home very politically. um that's that's what that's what i'm here for yeah but uh (laughs) i I have a i have a question about the blue book in colorado um did did you from your experience did you find that people would actually use it like actually make an effort to sit down and study the book and 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 go through the information to make a make an informed decision at the ballots so i don't know when i was there my friends did, but my friends were also a bunch of political science nerds. Um, <laughs> so they're not really a good sample. But I do think even if people don't necessarily sit down that month ahead of time and look through their blue book, that blue book does still remind you to vote. Like there is this theory of six touches where um, Sometimes if someone is hesitant or unwilling to do something, if at six different points, 
someone or something reminds them to do that thing or, you know, expresses how important it is, um, et cetera, they're more likely to do it. So it is possible that like, you know, maybe sending that blue book out and then sending the, the ballot to your house and then probably having someone else, you know, contact you, remember to turn in your ballot. Like those little reminders are things that will help you to remember to actually do those things and like re re I don't know ingrain the importance of voting into your life mm-hmm. if it's there even if it increases the amount of people going out to vote by one percent it's still a benefit yeah it's still benefits because I mean like we were just talking about with the virus like one percent is pretty big yeah and if that's a one percent increase like every election you could eventually get everyone voted. <laughs> yeah, like the reason I brought it up was because why well, it interests me because I got I have I got the email with my sample ballot, mm-hmm. with my sample ballot for the primaries coming up in Florida, and really it's just the ballot itself. It just it's just basically a list of names, and I know that if I want to make an informed decision when I vote, is I have to look that up personally. You yes, know, and which in today is not difficult. Like there's plenty of sites online that are. Um, that translate the legalese of several policies that are that are up for vote, and, and then you can look up any any name on the ballot and see what this person's policies are. Look up multiple sources, and you can do that all from home without ever having to um, put too much work into it. But it is an active effort that some people have to do. I think even I think a lot of people who vote are even the kind of people who will be like, I don't know any of these names. I'm just gonna pick. <laughs> I'll just pick the one on my side, and or or the one that I that sounds like a nice enough person or whatever. That's exactly what I did the first time I voted. When I was, I mean, I was 18. It was 2008. I knew who I was voting for, for, you know, president and for governor and for like a few other things, but you get down ballot. And then especially a lot of those nonpartisan things like, you know, regent of a university or... (laughs) you know, county trustee and judge for whatever district court. And it's just all these names you don't know. And I remember just being like, well, I'm going to vote for the girl. (laughs) (laughs) Like if there's a girl option, I'll vote for the girl. And then, you know, the least white sounding name is the one I would vote for because yep. (laughs) Hey, I I would be lying if I have not done the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's what I did the first time I voted. That's what I did. And um, since then, I figured out how to vote by mail. And it's the best. Uh, One of the reasons I really like voting by mail, not only the fact that you don't have to put on pants. um, But yeah, but also, so say you didn't do any homework before the election and you get your vote by mail ballot in, you now have it in front of your face and you can open up your laptop and literally Google each person to figure out whether or not you want to vote for them. I've done that before. Like, again, especially when it comes down to like the local stuff where it's, you know, city commission, sheriff, this, that, judge. And I don't know who anyone is or what anyone's background is. And so I'll Google everyone. And for stuff like judge, I'll look at um, what type of law did you practice before? Um, Like, was it corporate? Was it public defender? Was it like 
you know, housing? Was it like, what was it? And then that can help like inform what type of a judge I might want. You know what I mean? Whereas if you just go in person, you're just sometimes guessing. However, you are allowed to bring a list if you want to. Yeah. If you wanted to print out that sample ballot, fill it in and then bring it with you to the poll and then transcribe it onto your actual ballot, that is allowed. Yeah, which is what I did for the last midterm election, because uh, I, th- I think they had. Sa- I think I, I I got emailed and mailed both a, a sample ballot, and so I ended. Up, so I ended up bringing that with me when I went to the midterm elections last time, and 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 they're important. Even like the midterms, that even if you don't find yourself caring too much about the big time elections because you don't think you'll make big enough of an impact, but like in the last midterm that we had here in Florida, it allowed um, uh, con- po- folks that were convicted of a crime to vote. Yes, which is a big thing. yes, that was Amendment. Four, um, which is an amazing, amazing amendment that got passed. It's actually really embarrassing that it had to be passed. Um, and for anyone that is unaware, um, the law in Florida used to be that if you had ever been convicted of a felony, you could no longer vote. The only way you would be able to vote is if you went and applied for clemency. And the only way that you could do that was by going through this really big, long, arduous process. And then you would have to literally go to Tallahassee and speak to Rick Scott in person. (laughs) And then he was able to tell you whether or not you could vote. And it was like a complete, he just got to decide. Like you weren't allowed to fight it after that. He would just be like, oh, you really look like you're changing your life around, but I don't think you're ready to vote yet. And then that would be it. Yeah, it's 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 nonsense when it comes to people making decisions like that. And like for anybody who doesn't know what Rick Scott looked like, Rick Scott looks like Lord Voldemort. He is not a person that you ever want to meet face to face. He looks like if he threw up milk, the FCC would have to like X that out because it'd be pornographic. <laughs> he looks exactly. like a dick. And, and, and even when it comes to like, you know, people might talk about like, I think for the longest, longest time, people thought uh, one losing the privilege to vote is a justifiable punishment for committing a felony, but, Absolutely not. <laughs> but, but then you have to look into the numbers about like who exactly is getting convicted. Cause like, not only is the, ch- like, like the, the Rick Scott thing about him just deciding if you seem like an okay person, whether you get to vote or not, judges are the same way. Judges in court make decisions all the time based on whether or not like it's before or after lunchtime. You can, if you catch a judge in the wrong, at the wrong time of day, he might be a little bit more hard on you than he might be otherwise, just because he skipped breakfast or something like that. Like, because he's a person. It, yeah. Cause pe- like, when you leave it up, when you leave it to those little personal things, it's get, it gets kind of ridiculous that it can end up changing someone's life and, and not allowing them to have the same kind of impact that their next door neighbor does. Yeah, yeah, especially because it it was a a, a time a time intensive thing. So, like you know, again, if you're the type of person that has an hourly job or family commitments, you don't have the time to do that. It costs a lot of money. So, again, if you don't have the money to do it, you couldn't. And then you had to travel, and not everyone has transportation. Um, the other thing with before the way Florida had it was um, it ended up affecting more um, low income black and brown men because guess who's more likely to be arrested? (laughs) 
Um, so those just became like compounding factors and um, the disenfranchisement of certain communities. Um, I've done register to vote stuff before Amendment 4 got passed. And I had to tell so many people that they could not vote. Like they would come over to me and be like, oh, let me get registered. And then like the second question would be like, I affirm I am not a felon or that my right to vote has been restored. And they would all, and like a number of times they'd be like, oh, well, you know, I got out of jail like 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. And then I would be like, did you get clemency? Nine times out of 10, they didn't know what that meant, which meant that they hadn't. Because not only did they not do it, no one had really even explained to them how or that they couldn't vote. Hey, folks, sorry to interrupt. Um, just want to clear something up real quick. Sorry about the background noise. This was kind of done last minute and it's raining outside, so not much I can do right at the moment. Um, but a few days after we recorded this episode, the Supreme Court Pat made a decision that uh, certain restrictions were still allowed in Florida regarding the voting rights of ex-felons, causing a lot of people who could have voted in this next election to have to jump through a bunch of bullshit hoops to actually get that right. Um, it sucks. It, uh, it A lot of people who had, a ch- thousands of people, in fact, who had a chance at voting this year will not get to um, because of this decision. And it's bullshit. Uh, so uh, we, but we didn't know it. It was going to happen at the time that we recorded this episode. I did get a reaction from Allison about it. So you guys can hear from her in just a second. Uh, And then it'll pick up right where we left off with the episode that we recorded. Be careful, though. It is a bit not safe for work. Motherfucker. God damn it. Fuck. The goddamn Supreme Court made it so that now felons who have not paid all their fines and fiends cannot actually vote in Florida's primary election. What the fucking fuck? That's not what we voted for in 2018. Amendment 4 didn't have anything to do with that. That was a law passed later by Republicans who were mad. I mean, Jesus Christ. Why can't we just have nice things? I was finally getting proud of us. I was like, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, we're in the middle of a global pandemic that we're not addressing at all. In fact, we're trying to reopen schools. But you know what? At least people can vote finally. Maybe we'll make some changes, but nope. We've made sure none of that shit's going to happen. God damn it. Florida, we look terrible. We still have Jim Crow laws. What the actual fuck? God damn it. You know what? You know what? I, I'll sacrifice myself. We can just cut Florida off and then we can just sail it away and, and we just won't be part of the U.S. anymore because we've lost that privilege because this is stupid. And part of that has to do because voting, voting for the longest time was seen as a burden. So like it's not a big deal if I can't vote anymore because it doesn't matter. But now it matters more than ever. So like all, all in all, the more people that are voting, the better things will be for everybody. Well, yeah, because then we're actually finding out what people want. Like, yeah. it's helpful to figure out what people are or are not okay with. Um, if anybody wants a frame of reference to that, like, think about how many American Idol winners you remember and how many people in second place you don't remember. America's <laughs> been pretty good at picking picking out really good singers. We pick out singers really well. Um, when it comes to, like, 
like uh, sussing out all the bad singers. We're actually pretty good at that. We can do the same thing with politicians if we wanted to. Literally, literally, if we wanted to, we could do that. Um, More yeah, people are then, voting for America's Got Talent than presidents. Yes, yes. Well, part of that's also there's not a bunch of hurdles to vote for America's Got Talent. You just need to have a phone. Whereas to vote in America for president, you have to fill out 20 forms and be approved. Um, but the other really cool thing that's going on in Florida right now with voting is so after the amendment four got passed, which meant that if you had previously been convicted of a felony and you had finished all sentences and probationary periods, you could now register to vote. So after that happened, um, Florida Republicans put made a new rule that if you hadn't paid off all of your fines and fees for, you know, court, probation, prison, whatever have you, then you couldn't vote. Like, so, you know, you, you can have finished your sentences. You can have repaid your debt to society, but you need to pay your debt to me too. <laughs> um, the funny thing being is that in the state of Florida, if I am ordered to pay you money because something happened, like, you know, I stole from you, whatever, I go to jail, but then I'm also ordered to repay you. Um, that would be a direct me paying you. And so the problem with that law that they tried to have is that if they wanted to enforce it, that would have been a lot of labor on their part because they would have to individually go through all of these cases and call people and be like, did you get paid? Because Florida doesn't, Florida doesn't have you pay the court and then the court pay them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, luckily, um, just this past May, a judge struck that down as unconstitutional under the 24th Amendment, which is, I believe, the amendment against poll taxing. Um, and this is because a lot of these like fines and fees are the, are so much money that your average ex felon <laughs> who, when you're an ex felon, you're not getting the best job for the most part. Um, it was just un an unreasonable amount of money for them to be able to pay to the point where it would leave a lot of people just unable to vote for probably the rest of their life. Um, if we're being completely honest about it. And so they got rid of that, which is wonderful, which now means that in the state of Florida, if you have been convicted of a felony, but you have served your sentence and any probationary period, you can now register to vote. <laughs> <laughs> there is no issues. And even though it has been struck down as unconstitutional, um, Republicans were still very successful in scaring a lot of people away from even registering. Yeah. Um, yeah and there's, there's, there's all kinds of techniques for it. Um, because people don't want to get in trouble. People don't want to accidentally get into trouble because they hear all this stuff like, you know, if voter fraud, you go to jail, this, that, or whatever. But filling out an application is never fraud. It's an application for a reason. <laughs> they can say no <laughs> yeah, at, at, at this point like um 
if I come away from this knowing anything, it's like voting is an act of rebellion, as funny as it is. You know, we have there's a lot of people in power out there who do not want to hear your voice. They do not want to know. They do. They do not want to cater to you in any degree whatsoever. Like the best thing you can do if you're like fuck the system is to vote and change the system. Like this is this the 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 call is coming from inside the house, guys. We can we can do this. We can actually like change things and really piss off some old white men. Not only that, but um, if if you can get your candidate in, you can then bug them for the rest of their term. You can just be up their ass. Every day, you can call them, you can mail them. Oh, fun fact if you send someone um, like physical mail, they have to have a person yes. open that. Yes, I've read this. Yep, yep. A person has to open that. And, or if you're ever looking at one of those petitions that you can sign online where they're like, optional, fill in your own comment, write some nonsense sentence. It doesn't matter because if you have something that's different, um, their your representative's um, algorithm can't just scan that out and be like, ah, oh, that's another one of those petitions I'm getting sent. They actually have to have somebody click on it and read through. So yes, put put them to work. Make them work for you. Make it so that being a politician is a pain in the ass. So that only the people who really want to do it can actually do it. Well, not even that. It's um. It's just that entire thing of politicians are people too. Um, people don't like constantly being told that they're not doing their job well. People don't like to constantly have to deal with like all of this stuff. And so if there's something that like everyone seems to be really mad about, in general, they'll switch up their opinion because they're done being yelled at, you know? <laughs> At a certain, there is a level of like them just wanting you to leave them alone. Um, if there was nothing more accurate in the Shawshank Redemption, it was the <laughs> fact that he had that letter writing campaign that worked. <laughs> <laughs> if we can uh, change the monstrosity that was the Sonic the Hedgehog design and get it changed to a more palatable design, we can change <laughs> your politicians' minds, folks. If we can get Hollywood to listen to us, you can get it, we can get anything done, I promise you. All right. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's just a matter of persistence. Um it's it's very easy to get frustrated, especially if um like you know you get really involved for like one election cycle and like your person doesn't win and then you're all like boo-boo face. Because, you know, oh, I did all this work. It doesn't matter. This and that. Rawr. Um, I understand. But the fact that you did all of that work means that there are that many more people out in your community that just realize that's even an option. Because what can happen sometimes is there's a lot of areas where people from, you know, either party will run unopposed. Which then means that anyone in that community that like maybe doesn't agree with them might not even feel like they, they should like why should I vote it doesn't matter we're gonna get the same dude in office no matter what who gives a shit but if there's enough people voting out there then candidates in the future will know hey maybe I would have a chance yeah, maybe then, I should run maybe it wouldn't be a waste of time 
Yeah, and the more people we get doing it, the more people we get making this active effort, the more it actually spreads that work and makes it easier for everybody overall. You know, so like, yeah, you had to bust your ass for this particular election, but then you inspired nine other people to get involved also, and now everyone's doing now everyone's doing a tenth of the work that you had to do on your own. And, exactly. And, and that just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading until uh, we're actually making an impact on what we want to happen. Yeah. Um. And that's really important too, like getting out there and doing stuff. It's so much harder right now. <laughs> um, I, I do a lot of voter registration stuff. I've got like a few dozen forms just here in my room. <laughs> um, and it's really difficult because normally, um, especially on an election year right now, we would be going out to like, you know, public events, fairs, concerts, what have you, and like just registering anyone you could see. But right now, that's a lot harder. But that's also an opportunity for people that maybe normally wouldn't have been up for going out in public and talking with people in person. <laughs> um, you can still do stuff to get out the vote. Um, currently, I am doing a postcard uh, drive with the um, Miami-Dade Democrats, the county party is doing this thing where I'm going to show you, but like people listening, won't be able to hear, see it. So I'm just going to describe it. It is a postcard that just says you can vote from home. And then it has the phone number of, um, the board of elections. It's, uh, it's ours. Um, the website vote from home, Miami, um, and so what we're doing is we're just mailing these out to people that are registered to vote, but not registered to vote from home and just trying to get people to vote from home. Um, you can also do that from making phone calls, sending emails, just talking to your friends. Um, there are so many ways to like help that isn't putting on a t-shirt and running around the neighborhood, like with a big smile, plastered on your face going, hey, vote. <laughs> Because, like, I'm okay with doing that, but not everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. I think this has been great, Allison. Uh, you you are an awesome guest. Uh, I really feel like this is going to be one of those things that people definitely have to listen to. Is there any uh, final things that you want to get off your chest real quick? And when you're done, just tell us where people can find out more about you, if they want to follow you on social media, or if there's anything that you want to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I really want to make sure that everyone understands is that, um, yes, voting from home right now this year with, you know, COVID-19 running them up. at the world. Running them up. Yes, it's very important. Um, but even on a normal year, it's really important to get registered to vote, um, especially by mail. Uh, I'm pretty, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the likelihood that you will vote increases by like two. So if you're just registered to vote, let's say you're about 30% likely to actually go vote in this election. But if you're registered to vote by mail, you're like 60% likely to vote in the election because it literally comes to your house. Um, so that's a really big thing, especially for smaller elections. I know there was a city commission election, like, uh, when was it this past November? And I had a single person on my ballot, like just one person that I needed to vote for. Personally, I would not have left the house for that. But because it came to my door, I voted in that election. 
So that's something that you can also think about. Um, also, there's a number of different ways you can turn in that vote by mail ballot. So um, if it comes down to it's only a few days from the election and you don't trust the mail service to get it where you want it to go, you can take it and physically turn it in to your um, supervisor of elections office. Um, there are different ways to turn it in that aren't just throwing it in the mail. Um, and that's a thing too, because not everyone trusts the mail for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> so if you're really worried about it, you can take it in person. <laughs> Ooh, or if you decide I'm going to get a vote from home ballot, but I still want to go to the polls that day, what you can do is you can take your ballot, just don't open it and just hand it to the poll person. If you go to go vote in person, they'll take it, they'll throw it away and they'll give you one so that you can vote there and get your little sticker. Okay. <laughs> All right, awesome. That's some some advice from one Miss Allison, one Mrs. Allison McCoin. Uh, Allison, if people want to hear directly from you, if they want to hear your voice, or if you have a social media that you want people to follow, is there one out there for you? Yeah, yeah, just my Facebook, and it's my name, yeah. Allison McCoin. Awesome. Thank um, you so much, Allison. This yeah. has been fantastic. I have learned so much. I hope the people listening to this have learned a lot too. You are the best. Thank you very much. Woohoo! And that's the episode. Thanks again to Allison for being my guest. Uh, I hope it was clear how passionate she is about voting, especially after the Supreme Court makes some bullshit decisions. Uh, I hope it's clear how important voting is for all of us. This episode, in fact, is being published during the primaries in 2020 in several states, so I highly encourage you to vote, preferably by mail or absentee if you have the option. Show notes can be found at inmydefensepodcast.com. If you go to those notes, you'll find out the music in this episode was made by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Go there if you want to check it out. Podcast art was made by Gizmo at Gizmo Creative Designs on Facebook if you want to check them out. Uh, make sure you just click past his face. Just that of space so that you can like actually get to the website proper for all your graphic design needs if you want to support this show and see more like it go to itunes or your podcaster of choice give it the highest rating five stars uh 10 out of 10 whatever that rating happens to be that makes it a lot easier for other people to find this show share it Thank you just for listening, though. Really appreciate it. I know, you know, everybody's getting annoyed by these call to actions, but hey, I got to do it, too, just to make sure as many people can hear this show as possible. If you would like to send feedback, feel free to do so at inmydefensepodcast at gmail.com, where you can send comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. If you have something to say, say it to me directly. I really appreciate it. I'm Christian. I am your host. Uh, feel free to follow me on Instagram or Twitter at, at AntiChrisRivero and reach out to me for anything you want to hear about folks. See you next week on the In My Defense podcast.